Hello, my good weebish friend, Ryan. <laughs> Hello. I'm not quite sure I enjoy the weebish. Uh, That's happening. You enjoy Mesia. You're 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 on the way there. Again, I think we need to qualify what a a, a weeb is. <coughs> Are you more of an asiophile? Uh, if is that the word? Maybe I don't know. I'm making it up. Maybe in the same way that I guess I'm a Spanish spanophile for like Guillermo del Toro or Almodovar well, or. But I mean, not not. Film-wise, specifically, but, like, you also enjoy other things about Asian culture. I, I know you and your wife mm. make a lot of Asian food regularly. Uh, um, well, yeah, it's... Well, I don't... <laughs> Asian food, I think, is pretty magnanimous. I, I think it's... So, yes, it's it hard is, to, but... It's hard to you, not be there's, pleased by it, you know? Yes, but that's just such a the, weird way to say it's hard to... It, not... Who does not like Asian food is what I'm trying to say in the most weird way possible. I get it. There's a lot of people that like eat it like a Chinese buffet, though. But you guys also like you cook some authentic Korean dishes, right? Uh, Sometimes, yeah. I I think that's a step above like what the average person enjoys in Asian food. Like, yeah. Uh, And we've both eaten some really weird ass Asian food, too, right? It's true, but you and I have also had the luxury of living overseas for periods mm-hmm. of time. And I think the the reason Laura and I do cook some of the Asian foods we do is because that's we, we got used to doing that in Korea. Exactly. So it's exactly. been like just that easy go-to recipe now, like making um, kimchi jjigae, which is like a kimchi soup, is like the easiest thing in the world to make, and it tastes good. We both like it. Well, well then... Why not do it? Please... Send me the recipe you use because kimchi is one of my favorite things in the world. Oh, kimchi chige is the best then. It's good. Yeah, please. I'd love to get a hold of this. And that, my friend, makes you an asiophile. <laughs> I guess so. But I would, again, I don't You're think I'm a weeb. weeb. I don't think I'm I a see. weeb. I think a weeb, hmm. I think a weeb, to tie into the movie we're talking about, is somebody who would really love everything about this movie without any of the commentary <laughs> sure they would love it completely unironically which i did <laughs> which makes me a weeb although there there's the one thing which is very weebish that i am not really about i think we'll, we know we'll talk about it i think yeah. i know mm-hmm. i'm sure you do and we'll, we'll we'll bring it up because it is obviously referenced um <laughs> but the movie we are talking about, it's a movie called Tag. This was your choice for the month of Mesia. It is a 2015 Japanese uh, avant-garde sci-fi horror comedy surrealism. That, <clears throat> I've not heard it phrased that way, but that fits. <laughs> that's completely appropriate um, that's exactly how I classified it after the movie and did like it is a broad mix of a lot of different things that uh, we'll get into if they work or not mm-hmm. but while I was watching this Ryan I had one question that popped up in my mind and we briefly touched on it before recording and Ryan my question for you 
why the fuck do you not like anime after I watch this movie? <laughs> because holy shit, dude, I have seen some fucking anime movies and stuff that ring so true with what this shit is. <laughs> and I think you would love it. Yeah. And it's shocking to me that like you don't get deeper into anime because it seems perfectly bred for what you like. A lot of it is slow burn. A lot of it is weirdly philosophical. A lot of it is very heavily dramatic mm-hmm. and just fucking weird. Yeah. There's a lot of weird shit, man. Like, all you are, of it seems perfectly described for you. You are hitting on all the things that I do love about an anime. Uh, anime, And I think there are certain animes that definitely fulfill that in me and, like, really give me all three of those things you described. I think, like, Attack on Titans 1. Um, and I, I do. I love that. I love that show completely unironically. I think it's really, really good. Could stand up to the best of shows over here, live action or not. Like, it's got a lot there. <coughs> I will not argue. I love Attack on Titan. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I do respond to those elements when it's there. I think sometimes, and this is where my issue does lie, is I was recently recommended uh, the My Hero Academia, which uh-huh, is... I've been. Yeah, and Casey and several people I know who, and respect their opinions, like, have, have recommended this. And I kind of enjoy some of it, but there's a lot in it I don't like. And it's a, and it's a lot that's, I think, indicative to anime as a whole, which is I think there's a lot of cheap animation... Um, repeated frames and like, I, it feels like a lot of time killer. Like, I don't need five seconds of somebody like dramatically going like, <laughs> with like the same two frame animation of like mouth open, mouth closed, mouth open, mouth closed, and like the stupid tear streams. Like, it becomes like this tropey thing that just it's weird. Like, fills yeah. space, and it does. A lot of anime is filled with these weird tropes that like. Uh, some of them do it as this weird, like, mm-hmm. almost, here's the word, homage. I haven't yeah. said that one for a while, but I'm fucking calling it out every time I do. But they reference, it's it. very self-referential and meta to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'd like to maybe recommend to you uh, is to look more into, not series, but like some of the anime one-off movies. Um, this is where I've had the be best success. Yeah. Um, I have not met, like, a a Miyazaki movie I've not enjoyed. Um, Like, the Your Name uh, was really great recently. Like, there's a ton of anime movies. Um, Have you ever seen I Lost My Body, I think, was just recently by the same guy who did Your Name, which is also fantastic. Ghost in the Shell, I really enjoyed. Akira is a masterpiece. But uh, the movies... Ghost in the Shell is good. Have you seen Ghost in the Shell 2? Probably not. I've only seen that first one when I was a kid many, many times. But I like that Ghost never shelf two better. Really? Um because there's there's this fucking part in Ghost in the Shell Two that <coughs> takes it on this crazy surreal like bent. And I might be a little biased because Ghost in the Shell Two is one of the few anime like I actually got to see in a theater. Like it was in that showplace eleven in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. When they would get really weird art housey films. They got Ghost in the Shell 2 when it first came out. And it was so fucking crazy. Because, like, 
I don't want to spoil it, but I think you, Ghost in the Shell 2 is really cool and it's got some really surreal moments. And because of watching Tag, I think you would like some of the surrealism in Ghost in the Shell 2. Um, I have some more that I want to recommend to you. I think there is some anime out there that like will click real hard for Ryan. Um, and I'm going to explore it a little more. Please give but it to Tag me. Tag opened me up. It, it got me, it got me excited because I was like, dude, I cannot believe that you don't watch anime, because I've watched so many that are, like, right in the same vein as this. Um, yeah, just, no, uh, I love the I love the heady ideas. I love the high concepts. It's why I love Battle Royale, which is based off of a manga. Um, I dig this. I even enjoyed, what, Death Note and, like, that kind of stuff. Like, I, I do enjoy these heady ideas. I think most of the time it comes to the animation in the series. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. Like, when you go to the movies... They have a little bit more budget. They don't have to use those filler frames or do those. Or spread it out over exactly. like 10 episodes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But I am. And especially like <laughs> when you watch that older shit that's like from the 80s and maybe the 90s that's still sort of <laughs> hand drawn. It has that. Uh, that that's There's a lot more frequently you see those time saving and skipping maneuvers because. There's a group of people sitting at a desk drawing that by hand rather than, like, one guy easily manipulating a computer program, which is how a lot of anime is done more. I know a lot mm-hmm. of Attack on Titan is CG, um, and a lot of mm-hmm. animation anymore. Like, a lot of Cartoon Network stuff there for a while was, like, Flash-based, so. And there's not necessarily, I think, anything wrong with it, but it, it definitely is... It's something like with practical effects. It's I appreciate it so much more going back to like that hand painted like you have one go on this this cell frame and if you fuck it up, you fuck it up. And like that that attention to detail and that labor of love. I I have a huge huge respect there. So now that the the animation's cheaper and spread out and my my biggest thing in any kind of story narrative, any kind of narrative media Every scene, every everything you put in that story needs to have a purpose. It needs to have either a character beat for character growth, exposition, or setting something up. And I think there's a lot of this weird drama filler that never really goes anywhere in, in anime. And I can think of a few examples from like when I was a child going into it. And and maybe, like, this is where you can convince me I'm wrong and say, like, that's not necessarily the case. There's some really good stuff here and there's not. But, like, I think of, like, things like Tenchi Muyo and, like, weird things where there's just, like, a lot of odd bloat so, for a series that aren't even that long. Yeah. Um, Tenchi Muyo, was, is that the one where he's uh, he fights ghosts? Uh, that might be Inuyasha or One Piece or something. No. Uh, Tenchi Muyo is like the the demon girl and then like the space princess and like all these like seven or eight random women all come into his life and then vie for his attention and turn his world upside down. It's like uh, I don't remember too much more, but I remember it being one, a very, very limited short show and just nothing happening in several episodes just waiting for something. But this was back in the Toonami days when 
what you had was what you had and that's what we had and so it was something that was a cartoon that was vaguely interested so i i watched it and i don't know i I feel like there's just a lot of filler i might be wrong i i hope to be proven wrong but (laughs) i don't know so the thing with like anime too is that there's like like music and shit there's like a lot of weirder subgenres of shit Mm -hmm. and so like tenchi muo i've had a lot of booze today audience it's also meja meja is nothing but mispronunciations of names and titles and fuck it's just gonna be inherent to this tenchi muyo (laughs) hey uh, I think is more in the vein of like, it's like the romance sort of date game sim, which is also, it's like a visual novel almost, which is like the huge anime games that are big now where like you yeah. date people. I think it's, it's more in that vein, much like how, you know, there's like 40 think, different sub genres yeah. of metal. There's also like a lot of different sub classifications of like anime things. And that's kind of the one that you watched, whereas like, you know, you do have a thing like Attack on Titan, which is nothing like that. Like, it does have the drama, <laughs> but, like, the drama is fit in to the story. Like, the, it's usually used as, like, character building. But mm. it's not all about that. Usually the driving force is these weird-ass titans, which brings in this sci-fi, like, cool-ass fantasy vibe that also mm. hooks you in a different way. I well, think Tenshi Muyo is like more lost. like... It's, it's, it's a mix yeah, of the character yeah. and the action in, in Attack on Titan. Like, you care about the character beats as much as you care about, like, the, well, the giant stuff. And also, like Lost, it has the unanswered questions that mm-hmm. are slowly, like, drip-fed to you, which keep yeah. them coming back. Which, uh, again, is different from, like, Tenshi Muyo, which is more based around, like, the relationship and all that stuff, which is... More for, like, I think, and I'm not just generalizing here, like, the mm. female audiences relate well, to that more and enjoy. Um, I know they're also big into yaoi, which is, like, <laughs> super cut dudes and shit. You know what I'm saying? I and thought like, yaoi was specifically uh, dude on dude. It's uh, it might be. male relationships oh. in or anime, like uh, stuff fan like fiction, that too. or whatever. Yeah. I like that, doesn't, but that's... All the, Here's my basis, and this is why I'm an ignorant white dummy, uh, because I'm basing all my information off of a South Park game, where you have to go mm-hmm. get the pieces of Yaoi of Craig and, uh, who's his partner? Tweak? Craig and Tweak. Okay. And so I just assumed Yaoi was like the, the, I the think it, male like, relationship. It's generally in pride, but it's like pretty boys, and it might be like homosexual too. I'm, I'm not very familiar on it either. I know it's usually like, Supercut dudes and makes chicks sense. are really into it. So. Well, here's the thing: that's not there in Tenchi Muyo, and this is why I think it was there, like again, I, you hit the the vein of is a dating sim. Sub, yeah, I think dating degree, sim is like, more because then I can remember like the people who are watching this in school being like, "Oh, I'm really into this one or this one. This no, I'm yes. into this." And it's like that's and a date. You're that, right. Yeah, that's dating it's sim like one hundred and one. Like, idol weird thing uh-huh. that they also have with, like, oh. all the different teenagers and, like, young girls. And then, like, it's taken to a different level because they're, like, yeah. monsters and representations and Hatsune Miko and all I that shit. Like, never noticed that influence until crazy. just now. But I think you're right. Yeah. I think that was a huge part of that. Interesting. All right. So, that's just here. 
Cultural differences, baby. Well, it is. And this is all interesting to me. But let's rephrase this then. So I'm calling up things that I think had filler. What are some of the popular animes that you would recommend to me as like being some of the must-sees, like good ones? Because there's a good chance I've seen some of those. And I can tell you like where I fall, what I think of those, and Um, maybe my issues. And this might pinpoint down like my issue with anime, so to speak. Well, one that I still would like you to watch. Have you watched One Punch Man? Yes, and here's yeah. the thing. I do really like it. One Punch Man I is really do good. really, really enjoy it. I think it's as smart as Attack on Titan, and mm-hmm. I think the but in a satire on yes. superheroes is so clever there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I will give it a lot of credit. I think there's some there's of also the a lot of cheap satire filler animation, like- but... To a degree, there's also a lot of satire on, like, anime in general, too, in a lot of the episodes. Yes. The one with, like, the Sewer King uh, or the the Ocean King, whatever he is. You remember that one? Mm. It's towards the end of the season. I was like, there's a good good chance. I didn't get through all of it. Um, But that one was very, like, Dragon Ball-like to Mm -hmm. me. I like that one a lot. Um, Did you... Have you seen all of Cowboy Bebop? I... Did not because get through it. I found it real slow and I found mm-hmm. it real hard to get a dig or like into any of the characters. They felt very How far did you go? Two dimensional. Like I maybe f- made it an episode and a half into it. Okay, so it does take a little bit because like the first chunk of episodes actually introduce all of the characters. And then the For last chunk real as sort of like fleshing all of that. And then you, cause it is a slow burn. It's only 25 episodes, but like huh. you meet Spike and Jet in the first one. And I think you meet, uh, what's her face with the Faye. big boobs, Faye. Uh, and then a little bit later on, we'll meet Ed mm-hmm. and then we get Ayn. And, and then we sort of see how they all interact and like start to work off of each other. Um, and like it's almost weird to say. It's almost like uh, Incredibles or Fantastic Four because they all have these strengths and weaknesses that they eventually come to, like, learn to work together with. But they've also got, like, the family drama and dynamics of, like, clashing and how to live with these people who are so fucking different. And sometimes you Mm want to fucking kill this person, but (laughs) you're family, so you can't. It's good shit, man. And it's all, like, ragtaggy. It's like... Also, Guardians of the Galaxy, because they're always, like, broke and just squeaking by, so all of their shit is, like, sort of, like, duct-taped and Mm -hmm. stuck together, but they've also... It's like uh, the Rocketeer, when he, like, puts the gum on, like, there's a little bit of luck involved and everything. yeah, I was gonna say, this felt like Firefly to me. Very Firefly, too. I think this obviously came out before Firefly, right? Uh, maybe similar time frames. Oh, close? Okay. Yeah. I was like, I think maybe I would have appreciated Cowboy Bebop more if I did not go through Firefly and Serenity and, like, have such a connection to those. Because I have, when I was watching this for, like, the one episode and a half, uh, I, I really was just like, man, this is feeling like just an animated firefly and i'm not kind of feeling it i you know i i kind of found better comparisons but if you're saying it gets better like 
that it takes a while to build up all these characters and it's the character dynamics later. I can I it can stick really with good. it yeah. because I, I understand that. I understand and the need like, to build up characters. It has the nice things too, like what this one does, like what Tag does, and we'll get into it, where it intersperses uh, these character development scenes with these shocking acts. Um, Cowboy Bebop also has some fantastic like martial arts designed mm-hmm. into it. Like uh, the main character, Spike, he fights with... Uh, uh, Jeet Kune Do, which is like Bruce Lee's fighting style that he developed. Oh, yeah. And like, so like when you watch the anime, like Spike looks like fucking Bruce Lee when he's doing these kung fu fights because it's fucking, he follows the Bruce Lee fight style. It's really cool. Like little touches like that that really add it because you can see it like in the way that he moves and he has all these cool slick movements. Like he fights real casually. And uh, it's, it's, oh man, it's like nice little character things like that, that I think you will really come to appreciate. I think. And I think it's on Hulu. Here's the thing. This is what I think it should be. I think this should be a future Patreon show. The the Cowboy Bebop work through? I would absolutely yeah. do that. Sure. I would, I, I honestly, I need something to lock me to into you? it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Let's do it, man. And I would be down. I would, I, I take any excuse to watch Cowboy Bebop again because it is, it's one of my tops. It's cool. so fucking good, man. So, absolutely. There you Let's go. do it. So, there you Hurrah! go. I, I, we may not have figured out the enigma of why I can't get into anime, but this is a maybe step in the direction of getting me there. We'll sure. start with Cowboy also, Bebop. We'll see what people think. And then if there are recommendations for future shows, fuck it. We could do that possibly. Also, spoiler alert. We, you have to watch an anime series for the last episode of this, this is true. fucking month anyways. This is true. I have uh, to go through. Yeah. I don't know about that one either. I've not watched any of it yet. So it'll we'll be see. shocking for both of us and exciting for us to go through and see if we do interpret it differently. That'll be a, another cool case study. But... You've already agreed we are totally doing Cowboy Bebop because I want to watch it again now. I'm down for that. We got uh, But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I can't be a part of any show that does not have a clever or very punny name. Oh, of course. Yeah. So that's that, that's our one qualifier. The show will never come about if we can't think of a good name. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll toss some things around off air. I don't want to spend too much time on air thinking no, about this. No, not now. at all because that's not good podcasting. Um, no. And people expect well, better. What is good podcasting? From the only podcast in recognized the universe. by Guinness. <laughs> World Thank record you, John Guinness. book holder. Again, you're the bomb. Dot com. Oh, I, I was right. hoping you went there. Yeah, right. I don't know why the bomb.com has been in my head lately. It's but. such a good throwback. <laughs> I feel like it's time for a bomb.com resurgence. Like rebirth? It's yeah. Back. No, you are starting it. You're, the bomb.com Maybe. wave begins here. Is, I'm checking right now. Is the bomb.com still a website? The bomb. No, it can't be. Dot com. Oh, it totally is. Welcome to the bomb. What the fuck is this? Oh, good job, Murph. I don't know what this is. Like, it's kitchen updates. Whoa. Oh, it's like a general knowledge trivia website it covers everything well that's it's already owned though the bomb.com it's lame again yeah shit i ruined everything we were so high and then we we, it's like icarus we got way (laughs) too high 
then crashed, man. That's the story of our lives. Anyways, Ryan, let's get into talking about this little movie called Tag, which I have absolutely never seen. Yes. Let alone never even heard of. So I want to open this up a little bit with how the hell did you even hear of this movie? This is, uh, so I don't know if you know this or not, Kyle, but some would call me pretentious. And what <laughs> I like to delve in, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I like yeah. to delve in the margins of film and entertainment that nobody ever looks at or cares about because okay. sometimes, most times, quite often it's garbage and it's not worth going there but sometimes you find gems that are like really decent and weird and good but like maybe they don't have the the budget for effects or for advertising for whatever have you most most often not they're foreign films and you can't market that to dumb americans you know we don't want to read them but this is one I came across in, like, a Fantastic Fest, like, review of, like, a bunch of indie films that came out. And it was another uh, film from this director, Sion Sono, uh, Why Don't You Play in Hell, which I think came out in 2012. And it just looked like this we- this Japanese version of, like, this Kill Bill aesthetic with uh, this crazy visual style that was just so bold and different at one point like there was blood raining down in a room and it was covering the floor and there's just like this girl covered in blood and just some weird stark iconography and I was like I must watch this and I did (laughs) and I was like I don't know what to think about it but I think this is really interesting and I I gotta I gotta find more about this director um I I kind of had the same feeling when I first like found Pulp Fiction for the first time. Okay. And I was like, okay. this is weird and this is very different from what's like a typical movie and what I expect from movies. And now like I need to look look more into this. Now I need to go see this Jackie Brown and this Reservoir Dogs. And so I went down the Sion Sano rabbit hole and I ultimately found this one. And this one is not my favorite i don't think it's his best movie but i think it has the the most potential for talking about and it's just so weird and punk and in your face with like Mm -hmm. a lot of aspects that i like i was like even if kyle does not like this movie i think he will appreciate the balls on it and that is that is tag (laughs) it's funny that you brought up uh, Tarantino because um, I know that this guy has a a director's trademark that he also has in every film that he does. Much like Tarantino is big on feet. Oof. Uh, apparently this guy is really big on teenage girls running. And they oh, are featured in every movie that he has. And it's like extended shots of teenage girls running. Oh, Which this movie! I actually thought it was going to be something much, much worse. Lot of, uh, so let's go. Are we talking about panties, right? That's what I thought, and then I was like, so I don't remember that from some of his stuff, but that it could have been there. Mm-hmm. From what I, from what the research that I've done, 
that is his thing is that he has extended segments of girls running hmm. in his movies um yeah again i i kind of get where you're saying but that still doesn't explain like where your first exposure from was from like i guess so I, like did you rent this did you buy it did you stream it uh oh that's a good question i i think it was on netflix Okay. At a certain point, and this was maybe two or three years ago that I had seen it, but I was just on a spree of uh, something different. I don't know. Uh, sometimes if, and this happens often with me, like I'll see a lot of dumb garbage movies that I know are going to be garbage movies like Triple X 3. You know, like, you know, that's not going to be good. You There's do. nothing good about you it. Some weird sh- but yet you wouldn't watch Cats with me. That just seemed like a step too far. That It's too much. I don't like musicals. I hate that director's style to begin with. Just fucking yeah. outright hate <clears throat> it. And it just it's so cringy and just look at me in the worst possible way. I uh, it just it, it seems like torture. That Cats movie. I, I can't even. I don't think I could watch it in a fun way at all at this point. <laughs> I'm really Patreon trying to think goal. if I could, but I just... If we ever hit, like, if we ever hit $200, <laughs> we'll, we'll review Cats on Patreon. I'll agree to that, sure. Yeah. Sure. Because that's, that's never going to happen. But if it does... Yeah. We'll talk about cats. I mean, Hooray. sure, yeah. Don't expect me to have like a good time about it, but I will absolutely do it. <laughs> <laughs> what if you do though? Wouldn't that be crazy if you're like, you know what? That was garbage, <laughs> but a fun garbage. It's opened my eyes to musicals. Cats is what has been missing. Uh oh, God! What is the term for the the um, umbilical uh, jellical jellical? Oh, yeah, Jellicle. I am God. now the Jellicle musical fan. Uh, my eyes have been well, opened. Ryan, as the Jellicle Asian film fan, <laughs> tell me, because I've watched this movie. Yes. And I don't know, what the fuck is Tag about? So... <laughs> <laughs> This is like reviewing Mulholland Drive and then starting with uh, what is Mulholland Drive about? Um, uh-huh. yeah. This is a big thought piece, I think, on how women are portrayed in society and media specifically, but with the lens of potentially like, uh, maybe like an anti-gamer lens on it at a certain point but it's mostly like i think a pro-feminist kind of maybe very very nihilistic and cynical view of how the world works and treats women as commodity and items and things and so tag is essentially the tagging between the alternate realities of these different but connected girls in what is almost like a surreal nightmare dream. Like it's edited and shot and flows like a dream. Like just characters drift in and out of each other and become one another as like the story and narrative does. And things just kind of happen out of nowhere for no reason constantly. And it's this weird, like paranormal activity flow where like it lulls you into like these really long dramatic narrative scenes where it like goes through what are 
I would consider your pretty tropey anime or Japanese movie set pieces or scenes like the classroom schoolgirl scene or whatever. Like you've, you've seen this scene in every movie where they're all just talking about something in the middle. Like some of it feels a little bit like battle royale or whatever, but it lulls you into like this calm complacency and then something jarring happens and then a weird thing happens and then we're just in a new narrative like nothing at all was weird 10 minutes ago and this weird kind of not addressing the weirdness (laughs) is kind of i don't know the trick of this movie (laughs) it's all presented very much as like a waking dream it's oh yeah uh, it's almost very Twin Peaks, um, where everything, again, you said Mulholland Drive, David Lynch, it's, mm-hmm. the movie is fucking surreal as all hell. That is like the, the base of this weird cake that this movie is. Surrealism is like the bottom layer, I feel. Oh, yeah. Um, cause it is just steeped in, what's crazy is that there is a pretty gnarly twist that does, a decent job at the end of actually kind of tying everything together. Um, and I think it, it does it very well. Um, I kind of interpreted tag differently because of that twist. We see, uh, this game screen and it seems like you could tag, tag between the three main characters at any time. It was very similar to like Grand Theft Auto five, like the display Mm -hmm. and, uh, the handling of it and the way it switched around and I think it probably this movie came out probably the same time as Grand Theft Auto 5 and it's very clearly like the same HUD layout and everything from GTA 5 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well then even some of the fucking over violence of like the weapons that the teachers bust out and just fucking slay everyone with Mm -hmm. she has like a grenade launcher and the, the chain gun and it's all very Grand Theft Auto it's so it's over the top um I really, really liked the opening of this movie, though. Um, so it, it kind of sets up. It's two, like, charter buses full of Japanese schoolgirls on a field trip. That's why, I mean, they don't tell us that, but they don't have to. We can infer that from the scene because it's good movie making. Um, there's our main character that we're sort of introduced to is a little awkward. She's writing poetry and her pen falls. And as she bends down to pick it up, uh, we cut to the bus driver and the teacher at the front of the bus. And the bus in front of them, the top half is just ripped off suddenly. And like half of the upper half of all these girls' bodies fly out. And they're like, what the hell is that? And then the same thing happens to their bus. And like the girl that's been over is the only one that survives. And she slowly pans up and like everybody she knows is cut in half at the waist. And... It's fucking crazy, and you don't see what does it. It's it's this invisible, like, rope that's chasing them, mm-hmm. and eventually it just starts chasing her. It's very, yep. very Sam Raimi-esque, this these is, camera angles. Yep. It immediately had my attention because of the way they shot this, like, invisible wind force thing that's chasing them down. It is 100% the Evil Dead camera. It, yeah. And it's fine. It works great here. I will say it works really well in this first little bit. But then as much as I enjoy a lot of the shots in the movie, 
the second time around this this movie does start to feel like look at me i've got a drone camera the movie yeah uh-huh. <laughs> it does um there like i'm sure there'll be some things that we get into like that in a bit um but to describe to you yes it's wild as fuck to see like an invisible i'm assuming just line you don't ever see anything and then all of a sudden there's just Japanese schoolgirls ripped in half. Yep. And they're all like, all their spines are like spurting blood in that Kill Bill, like overly violent way. It's so just, wah, overly classically violent. It's great. B movie um, gore with very, yeah. very, you know, B movie practical effects, which are fantastic. Sometimes they don't like quite look great, but they're always like fun and like they go How about all that alligator? out. That that was like that screamed Tokyo Gore Police to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> that one. <laughs> but so the girl eventually runs away and she runs up a hill and she comes across a group of Japanese schoolgirls walking to school and she sort of falls in line with them and uh all of these people start talking to her like they know her, and she's very confused by this because she doesn't really remember them but everybody seems to remember her and it's again it's got this real surreal dreamlike feel to everything how it's presented and like it's all very confusing because we're kind of led to believe like well shit did that really happen like what's going on here and uh then they decide to skip school if you're like me at this point you start to formulate your own theories in your head and you go to like the mental illness route like oh she's clearly like maybe having a mental break or like she's seeing things and there's gonna be something from her childhood like the shutter island oh no like it's oh it's she's crazy that's what you took it as that's cool because it's i did the exact same thing i started making up my own things but what i thought was happening was she was still on the bus writing the poetry mm. and that's what the whole movie was going to be like the surreal poetry like tale of this girl and then we cut back and she's still on the bus none of her classmates got cut in half hmm. like that's what i thought was going to happen it wasn't oh kind of like never ending story never ending story A little bit. um that other really shitty m night Shyamalan movie <laughs> lady, uh, in, lady the in the water, water. uh-huh <laughs> You know, it's one of those sort of things. Um, yeah. I can see it going that way, King too. Stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's what I thought, because that's why I thought we were focusing on her writing in the diary or the poetry. Because mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be a central theme of the movie. It's not. Nope. Red herring. Well, kind of. I mean, the pen comes back, but... Sure. Not more thematically than just as a and tool. I would say the movie is poetic. Interesting. How so? It has a lot of fluff and it says things without saying things like poetry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 indie film. Um It is. It's also very indie film, the indie film because uh this soundtrack is is pretty decent. But runs the course after a while because it never changes. There's like three songs and those are the only three songs you hear in the movie and it cycles through them. One of the songs was like written specifically for the movie by a Japanese band, which I like and it's pretty good. What which, which um, song was it? 
I mean, it's the only one that's like has like guitars and it's, it has like singing. Is it and like stuff. the the scary the scary wind theme? No, the scary wind theme is from the fucking Walking Dead. That's the Walking Dead theme. Is it? Yes, that is the exact theme from Walking Dead. I looked it up. It's the theme from The Walking Dead. For with real? the violins and the yeah, it's The Walking Dead, dude. Wait, 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 wait. Look it up. Wait, 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 wait. You got to clarify here because I don't know. They heavily borrowed from The Walking Dead or they literally took the track from The Walking Dead like Quentin Tarantino does and put it in there. Yes. That. And it's the second used, one. Reused throughout. It is the exact theme for I was the like, Walking yeah, Dead, if like. they paid for it, I understand because they play it like five or six times and it almost gets to the point where it's like very comical to me when it starts to pick up and like the the dynamic of the scene shifts and like we go from like this funny haha moment to like and the camera starts to turn and it's the weird thing is it's kind of it's fun i think it works better in this movie than it did for the walking dead um because the first few times, it really did, like, freak me the fuck out with this invisible wind thing cutting things up. Like, it did a good job of instilling that dread. Mm-hmm. And eventually, it started, I was like, man, this, I I feel like I know this song, like. <laughs> and then I was doing research for this episode, and it came up, but, like, oh, yeah, they paid a Japanese band to make the one for the one interludes, and the scary violin <laughs> music is the music from The Walking Dead. And I was like, oh. That's fantastic. That would be why. All right. Yeah. Well, here, I think that that is a very good segue for another reason why I appreciate this film uh, and why I wanted to talk about it is because you, you brought Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon to the table. And I have an infinite fondness for that type of movie, the indie art house, uh, just real, real artfully done. Everything is firing at all cylinders, just, you know, high art, so to speak. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. always great. I love that too. A little bit. The pomp, like the, the <laughs> pomp film. Yes, um, of course. I the love that. So, yeah. I love that. I love those movies too. Like three, three billboards is that movie. It, it doesn't feel real or like in any sort of universe, a Southern person or like the people they're trying to portray feel, but it's a really fun pomp movie, but whatever. It's fine. I wanted to bring this, this Mesa. The opposite side of the indie, which is the messy punk, like, fuck narrative. We're just going to do whatever. And like, we don't have money and we're just going to make it work. So like, that's, that's hilarious that they have a track from the walking dead that they use like Mm -hmm. seven times to great effect. (laughs) This movie, it's also very, um, it's very trauma with a much better camera Mm, and mm. a better understanding of filmmaking. I think I agree with that. I agree with that. And that's, that's where I will have some maybe issues with the movie are probably the more trauma esque elements of it. It's grindhouse meets art house essentially is what this movie is. Yes. Yeah. It's a very nice, like it is almost Tarantino esque. The narrative is nowhere near it, but Mm -hmm. like stylistically and sort of the way that it delivers the story could very well be like something he would, aspire to do at some point um or maybe would have early on Mm -hmm. um but it does get i would also clarify real quick and i would say i think the narrative's fine 
um the overarching like story and the plot and everything's really solid it's the dialogue in this movie that never quite jumps at anything more than typical b-level stuff well and i wonder how much you of need that, that is just you a need bad that translation dialogue well, yeah, but again, it's like a translation from Japanese to English. It's true. I wonder how much is lost in that because if you pay for cheap translations, I imagine yeah. that really does affect your movie. I notice it. I, I notice it in games. Like Near is a perfectly translated video game. Not all of them are, and you can really tell the difference when like that care and attention to detail and making sure like the jokes land or like those contexts land in the different culture like that's important i think you're probably right there's something we might be missing here that just doesn't work for us but i think that could lead into like all the themes in this movie too that are very tropey possibly but you see them come up a lot in japanese genre movies like this especially the ending and how bleak and nihilistic it is yeah that 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 seems like very true very japanese Um, I wanted to go back to, to kind of what you said earlier, some of the, the themes in the movie, because I definitely feel uh, feel you're totally on par with, like, the fact that it's, uh, like, a statement on women as a commodity, especially it seems to be in a lot of media mm-hmm. and um, video it's games. It's a really, yeah. it's, a, it's a, a concept that is not usually, unfortunately, handled as well as this movie seems to do it, because it also presents it in a crazy way, but it's a way that like would make sense. It's almost it's like a Black Mirror episode, really. Um, yeah, because of this twist at the end. Yeah. Um, so basically, the way that I interpret it, we'll we'll kind of jump into this ending here a little bit. Is that there was a classmate of uh, Mitsuko who, like, a hundred and twenty years ago, had a crush on her. But because he's such a weird, awkward Japanese neat, um, he never did anything about it. And then 40 years after that, he like started some company. And then after Mitsuko died, he got a hold of her DNA and recreated a copy of her as a teenager and did this to all of his classmates, too. And then made these elaborate, violent video games with them. And Mitsuko eventually starts skipping around in these games. And she's portraying different characters. And that's Mm -hmm. why people talk to her differently. Because she is a different person, but she has the same consciousness. Mm -hmm. And she eventually breaks out of the video game by pulling the wires and opening the doorway. And she comes into the real world where we find this hundred and like twenty year old dude who has also made a clone of himself from high school to now bang Mitsuko while he watches. Yep. And then Mitsuko, in an act of changing her fate, which has been established earlier on in the movie as to do something you would never do, and that's how you change your fate. Like, jump into this river or this pond, because you'd never do that, Mitsuko. Or here, have a pillow fight with these pillows on the beach, because you'd never do that. Or here, stab yourself with this pen or this old man's cane, 
and kill yourself. And that's how you get out. It's basically super bleak and nihilistic, as you said. Yeah. Like, the answer to get out of this never-ending torture is to die and yeah. just hopefully get sweet release. It's a fucking awful, awful movie at the end. Yeah. 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 It, it is not... It's it's not positive at all. It is... It is... You can tell... It feels very art school. It is somebody with a, a lot of pent-up anger about an issue who is just getting it out. And it is not a positive view viewpoint. He does not have, like, a good... A good trajectory for Japan and where it's going. He sees nothing but bleakness. <laughs> and I, I can back this up from like the other films I've seen of his. Like they all just feel very pessimistic. <laughs> yeah. They have a bright, shiny, very artsy veneer. Like his, his shots, the way he sets things up, like really artfully done, but it is all just very, very tragic. But I mean, so we're talking all around this place. I think I th- I read everything you're saying is correct. It's it's uh are you familiar with the term incel? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. This dude uh, is Japan, like the number one by, incel. Uh, you said neat. They also go by neat. Yeah. I'm not familiar with this term, but that's exact that's like the Japanese uh, version of incel essentially. Yeah, let me look I'll tell you what it means. It's like an acronym. Uh cuz I know it uh, not in education, employment, or training. So they're basically fully grown adults out of school that aren't like in college. Uh. They don't have jobs. They're not training for anything. They live with their parents and they're complete waste of space. It's the same thing. Gotcha. But Gotcha. In Shinchan, um, it was the with, neighbor across the hole in the wall. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, That's so my the, reference. It's, it's neat. Point. It's all of those things. Um, there's also... I don't know, it's weird when she comes to the future and there's all these dudes that are just standing around in the manly stores and it's a fucked up thing, man. And in this future, there's no women, which is, I think, one of the best things about this film is like the first two acts, like there are no men in this movie at all, all. which I don't think I noticed even the second time around until like maybe 20 minutes in. I was like, oh, oh, that's right. Like there's no men in this movie for quite a while and then you get like the pig thing which is maybe a man but then you don't have anything until the future jump like late in the third act in which that point there are no women anymore and women are only the digital commodity or the the giant or not giant but like just the the mindless standing robots Mm -hmm. uh in the hallway up to yeah where this dude lives yeah. And uh I'm imagining like I don't know. I have to imagine that like because of the fact that like the the bedding was there on the beach already, like he's he's watched he's banged Mitsuko like digitally, right? Like and she just doesn't remember it. Or and, like, has done that with that, a bunch of other people that he's cloned. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 Maybe he's not done there. it for Mitsuko because this is also like the thing in a lot of Japanese thing is like the the obsession on one person, like that weird obsession like and not being like good enough and like mm-hmm. making yourself good enough for them. So Yeah, so maybe he went with like all the other clone girls and then saved Mitsuko for real life with his real person outside. Yeah. So I thought it was also really fucking awesome. And again, super surreal when like she runs into this cave. And this girl's in there. She's like, over here, come here. And she goes in there. 
And then the girl's like, she runs up and it's just like an endless fucking hallway filled up of like all these faceless girls with like all these cuts and bloods and they're all like moaning like zombies. And the girl's like, hey, if you don't die, we never die. So you got to fucking die, bitch. And she like tries to kill her. That shit was wild to me. I love that. Yeah, there's a lot of really, really good ideas in this movie. But I I do think it is messy at times. And it, it mm-hmm. is... Oh, it's all over the place. It's it's one... I think Spring Breakers has a much, much, much better execution. And I would easily recommend Spring, Spring Breakers over this movie. But I think it's in that same ballpark of like, I can... There's nobody like I know in my personal circles that I could recommend this movie to. Nobody. Except for me. Except for you and like <laughs> other weirdos on the internet who like these weird movies. But like yeah. this is this is going to put a lot of people off in certain ways like if the blunt death of like two busfuls of schoolgirls at the beginning of the movie in the first 3-4 minutes like doesn't put you off then like the weird panty shots will which i'll be honest i forgot about and then i recommended this movie and i started watching again and they they started doing this i was like oh god what the fuck did i do i remember thinking this was going to be a good movie and now there's like a bunch of this weird fetishistic shit in here oh god and i was like really beating myself up and then the ending started twisting i was like oh that's right okay redeem it redeem it that's right it's all for a point (laughs) But it still doesn't give you that point till way later. So you're left with this really weird, uncomfortable feeling for a lot of this shit for a lot of the movie, which I think is the point. But it also is like, again, it it holds it back from being something a lot of people can really get into. Like, this is not an accessible movie at all. (laughs) And also, it's I don't like that while it gives an explanation to things, it doesn't fully like. I would have liked to have known why uh, or what the fuck is cutting the bus in half. Yeah, it's some sort of a video game thing, but I thought it would have been cool if it revealed something to what it is. Uh, Same thing with, like, the wedding chapter and, like, why they can just kill these people. Like, what is what is the purpose in that game of doing it? Like, well, that's because she's like. The These wedding don't chapter. Matter. You got to do this. I think. All right. So here's. I don't think it all. And this is where it's messy. And this is where I think he's throwing in just ideas. He doesn't tie it all together with the video games with a very clean bow. I think it's just like a good way to like encapsulate like the different vignettes he wants to hit on. But I think specifically like in Asian cultures, homosexual homosexuality is nowhere near as accepted as it is in America. In fact, like it's. It's really frowned upon and you're not open or public about that shit at all. Um, even in Korea, like we knew two, um, lesbian women who had like secret kind of relationship and knew like it was only going to last like a few years before their parents ultimately found them husbands. And then that was like their lot in life. So I read that entire third vignette with like the wedding as like him speaking out to like maybe that homophobia in Japan. And in these Asian cultures and how, like, these women get, like, bred into this kind of way. And by this point, it's been established, like, Mitsuko is very clearly into Aki, like, the other woman. And they have this non-relationship. And she's getting forced to marry this pig man. And, like, 
halfway through like the wedding walk down all the women then start to like suddenly take their clothes off and be like very sexualized while she's doing it. and i think it, it is speaking to like maybe that kind of repressed sexuality in asia when it comes to homosexuality and i think I that's would... why it's messy and it's not quite clear but i think See, it's there I... I, I, I see I took that differently because in that scene, I thought it was pretty clearly established that she's not Mitsuko. She's Mitsuko's consciousness. But in that one, she's this completely different lady. And Aki just also happens to have occupied somebody else in that same vignette. And that it wasn't really a statement on their sexuality, but more on just like marriage and... uh like the woman's lot in it and it was mm. like it was very weird that like the pig man was also in a casket because that's obviously fucking death so he's saying that like to a woman marriage is like death you better not do it and uh it's also yeah. this and it's still the death super- like this is it yeah. it's marriage and then death like you are in a contract until death <laughs> here's the coffin you're gonna look yeah, at for the rest this of is your it. life yeah so it's, again, it's, it's, this movie's so surreal. That whole walk up the aisle when, like, the lady on the organ starts going crazy and it starts getting off-tune and discordant. And it's I like, wanted more of oh. that lady on the organ. Yeah. She I had, too, like, man. the really perfect amount of ham. Uh-huh. She was great. It was great. really good. I also <laughs> really enjoyed her. Um, but what you're talking about, too, sort of like, let's talk about some of the trauma things here. Because I think yep. some of those... For a movie like this that presents itself at this opening with these this awesome shot of these girls getting ripped in half by this invisible force, we got this fucking alligator that is so just not wor- like it's it's so bad that like I, that's why I kind of loop this in as a comedy because yep. I almost feel like it's intentionally bad to like pull you out, but I also don't think it is, and it's just what they had and they wanted to do something. But, like, but then I see, like, that budget they had to rip these fucking girls in half at the start. Like, you could do a much better alligator. So I'm really torn on what the <sighs> fuck is happening there. Well, but it does have an awesome metal song playing when she's getting eaten at the crotch. Here, all right. Another statement on sexuality. Here's my, it is, it is. And this is, I, I really do think, I, well, uh, but anyway, I, I, but, ah, uh, ah. Uh, uh. The crocodile, I think, stands out as, like, one of the weird kills in this movie because it comes out of nowhere. It's it's ultimately, like, a jump scare that is nonsensical to the plot. It means nothing, and it doesn't really follow anything else in this movie. Well, and it's also not real. It's a dream within, like, her thinking about different realities. Yeah, exactly. So, it's really meaningless. It's just just a jump scare. It's like, hey, we can do this effect. So, I think the reason it's in there is maybe... If we're satirizing the way the media fetishizes women, and this is what we're doing, we're showing all these different ways. I think this is maybe speaking to like that, um, the sushi typhoon type of Japanese films, the people who do like the Tokyo Gore Police. Okay. And, and those really weird meatball girl and like all that shit, machine girl or whatever, meatball machine. Machine gun girl. Yeah, Yeah. All those, all those weird ones that like blur the line between like, is this like softcore porn or is this like a movie with art and effects and like, it's a genre movie? Like, it's really weird sometimes. And I've had She has a machine gun that comes out of her butthole and she shoots guns. Zombie assu. Zombie ass. Like, that's one. And it's like those weird movies where it's 
it's like, I don't know how to feel about that. I think maybe this is satirizing and commentary on that. If we're going to talk about like all the way, all the ways Japan weirdly fetishizes women, those sushi typhoon movies is one very specifically Japanese version of that. Also, our gratuitous panty shots, which. <sighs> yeah, uh, that's. Mm, it's a little also, weird. Uh, this movie, again. Watch it if you like to watch Japanese teenagers run, because that is like 15 minutes of this movie. <laughs> I Girls running. Here's, okay, so you, I think, kind of scoffed at the soundtrack a little bit, but I will say... Imp- I No, I, I do like okay. it, because I do like that Japanese song, too. Uh, it's very good. They definitely it was- reuse it. And and they yeah, become they, uh, themes the way they reuse it. Sometimes very well, sometimes comically. But the only thing, yeah, is Sorry, go the, ahead. the fact that it is literally like three songs. That was the only because they are reused throughout. I didn't. They're not bad. You're not wrong. And I, You're not wrong. I do like that one because <laughs> that the one the indie rock sounding one was written specifically for this movie, mm-hmm. and they they use it really well. And it does give it because it, again, it's weird because there'll be these incredibly fucking violent things. And then this movie just becomes like a generic, almost indie movie. And it has this indie rock soundtrack and we're seeing these brilliant, pretty shots and we're getting this weird dialogue and we're talking about alternate realities and it's getting real heady. Yeah. There's a lot of like stretches of silence with just the soundtrack too. And it really becomes like a trance in between like the big moments where you're like, oh shit something's happening and then you get lulled into like this trance of just like yeah the soundtrack and, and the long shots the of running and everything and the dialogue it's so weird how this movie works and that's why it's like it's so fascinating to me because it is just it's not the structure we're typically given it is one like and that's what uh, i totally agree with a lot of things that you've said because like number one you said you couldn't show this to home almost anybody nope. and i think that's very true it's it's a certain subset of somebody that likes a lot of things like a David Lynch movie, um, just anything surrealism that because that's what this movie is. It's it's a great surrealistic film mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't have to be perfectly narrative wise because uh, that's what it's there for. Um, like you've seen Holy Mountain, right? And, I have uh, not because you've not seen Holy Mountain. Screams the one I'm not going to enjoy. <laughs> I think you would having you you having watched this. I think you would dig Holy Mountain. Really, I I have heard there's yeah. even less narrative in Holy Mountain than what's in here. There's more narrative in Holy Mountain. There's at least there's a reason things are going the way that they go. There's there's characters to follow. They go through story beats. Okay, so. I am it's interested in that. I thought and... it was going to be real. I I thought I've heard just avant garde, re- real weird narrative structure. Just there's it's very weird narrative wise, but I mean there are like it's a consistent story of characters throughout. It's okay. presented very wildly. It's cinematically like fucking bonkersville. Let's add it to the a list. A lot like this, man. We'll add yeah. it to the list. We'll do we an episode do whole... at some point. I'll, I'll, I'm down for to. that. Um, I, you might hate it too. I don't know. It's, it's might, surreal as I'll, fuck, man. Here's the thing. Even 
I drag my feet sometimes to these things, but like even like the the really artsy movies that I don't end up enjoying, like uh, I hear blasphemy. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Like I don't like Clockwork Orange. I don't like a lot of Kubrick stuff, but I never regret watching the movies. I hate yep. The Shining. Like, hate it. Hate it. But do I? I don't regret watching the movie. I'm glad I spent the three hours watching it. Like it was artfully done in some places. Ultimately messy and not satisfying for me. But I appreciate how different it was and what it did for the time. Like I will always appreciate different things. I like as my it's like boyhood too. Selects. Like boyhood, I was glad I saw it just because it's such a fucking weird ass concept for a film and that he actually pulled it off. Like mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's also just ridiculous and is kind of boring and just like a slice of life thing but it's also wild that he did this for so long and made a competent film out of it that you can follow Mm -hmm. and so i mean yeah it's not perfect but similar with tag i'm really glad that we watched this this week um i do have a question for you did you watch this with laura or by yourself i both times by myself i was going to subject her to it this time uh but she was out sadly when i watched it but when the panty shot started i was like well i'm glad she's not around because (laughs) immediately she'd be like dumb fucking japanese kitty pedophile bullshit again (laughs) which is not not incorrect (laughs) and uh you know surprisingly we both had a really good time. I was going to ask uh, how both, she she got on with this one. We both giggled at the panty shots, and at the end, like we were like, well, I mean, you can't say it's a great movie or nope. a good movie or a bad movie. Nope. But like you said, like we, we had a good time watching it. It was enjoyable. There's some cool things that happened. And overall, like, yeah, I I enjoyed Tag, man. This was wild and... I never would have had any excuse to watch it, let alone hear it, if it wasn't from you. And I'm glad that this happened. It was a really enjoyable time. Very nice. That's This is what I want to do for my months. I want to bring in the weird shit that people don't know about and make them... I don't know what you're going to fucking pull out for Stoner Movie September. I, the choices get much more limited, especially since I don't watch a lot of those like Ginger Dead Man <laughs> and shit. <laughs> oh, man. I'm looking forward to that this year. I've got, I've got two. I've got like, I've got three really that I really need to choose from. Man, I have not put any thought into it yet. I, it mm. might just end up being the next Cheech and Chong movie for me, to be honest, because I really, yeah, well, I, I kind of dug the first one a lot and I heard at least the next one's still good. So I might just want like the safe bet of a Cheech and Chong movie with like the kind <laughs> of rungs of the garbage we're getting to. <laughs> If we do another Cheech and Chong, we got to have Sound Engineer Andrea on, though. Perfect. I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> um, But that's another theme month. Ryan, for this theme month of the month of Mesia, I got to say, kudos to you, man. Good choice this week. Thank you, sir. And you too with Crouching Tiger. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would lump it in pretty much the same, like, uh, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, we we both don't again. love yeah. our movies. We both don't think they're perfect. Like these are must see. Go out right now. You have to watch this movie. They're very interesting, and they offer certain things yeah. to certain people, and very different. Yeah, yep. very different. <laughs> very different. Um, that said, though we are in the month of Mesia, we do have a kind of a big thing coming up. This next episode is not going to be Mesia. 
But it's mm-hmm. also not going to be what we said it was going to be last week, is it, Ryan? <laughs> nope, we are dirty liars. <laughs> now, why don't you explain what happened there? So, uh... What is coming up is our 200th episode, which is a huge milestone. <laughs> we made it actually many episodes ago, but number yeah. numerically, this is our 200th episode. <laughs> and we like to do themes. So we were going to do the only film we could think of that was maybe worth talking about, which was 200 cigarettes. And uh, we committed real hard to this idea without doing any research and then found out. This happened to us also very recently. <laughs> Like, you thought we would have learned a lesson. We did not, and it bit us on the ass again. But yes, please, what did we find out, Ryan? Uh, not only is 200 cigarettes not available to stream anywhere and not even able to be pirated easily, uh, but it is going for like 80 to to $100 plus on eBay for used copies and higher on, on Amazon DVD. when I checked. Oh, for DVD. Yeah, you're not getting any... Yeah. Blu-ray like or Blu-ray good quality. Or no. no, this is a fucking DVD for like a hundred dollars. It's probably one of those cardboard case DVDs too. Uh, yeah, not I'm even sure one is. of the good sure. plastic ones. <laughs> Set off. That's what my Detroit Rock City DVD case is with like the yeah. plastic flap that comes over. Uh. But yeah, so there's no way we're gonna be able to watch 200 cigarettes. Nope, not worth uh, we it. We did. <laughs> we we've put in a good college try to watch it, similar to what we did with Crossroads just this year. Um, but yeah, we we kind of jumped the gun again and announced what we were doing before confirming it was even possible. Because mm-hmm. it, it's probably both of our faults for just living comfortably in the technology rich year of current year, yeah. where we just think like, oh. I want to stream this and watch it right now, and I've never had a problem doing that. Every movie is available, surely, (laughs) right? There, there is a demand for Crossroads and 200 cigarettes on streaming. What? Funnily enough, though, uh, there's not a demand for those, but there is enough of a demand. Uh, We do have another movie, Ryan. What are we talking about instead of 200 cigarettes? I think we've confirmed it, so if not, I'm confirming it without yeah. really talking it. It's going to be Mr. 3000, right? <laughs> With fucking Bernie Mac. Here's the thing. Uh, this- I love Bernie Mac. I love yeah. his stand-up. I've hated every time he's been in any movie outside of the Oceans mm-hmm. movies. So, I've never seen this. I'm very curious to how this goes. It's a From the description I've read, it looks like a very generic sports movie. Um, I think it'll be a fine watch. I really do. I think it'll hmm. be enjoyable. I'm sure it'll be a tight 88-minute runtime where we get in, we get this story, we learn a lesson, and we get the fuck out. Here's here's something, and this could be something we uh, expound on in, in the, the episode further, but I am a sucker for generic sports movies, especially yeah, with a slight comedic bent. I'm there. Replacements, Longest Yard... Fucking any mm-hmm. of those. Uh, the What's the Billy Bob Bad News Bears? I, I'm a sucker for them. Do you want a man? Honestly? Do you want a man? So I watched bad, it dude. as a kid and enjoyed it, but I was probably way too young. <laughs> Do you want a man is real bad. It does not hold up at current year at all. I'm sure it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, so, yeah, Mr. 3000 with uh, Bernie Mac. Uh it's about baseball and it's a sports movie and it's our 200th episode because it was the only thing 
with also numbers in the title that I could think of at short notice. And I was like, hey, how about that? And you're like, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I wanted to stick to the 200, but our other choices were too straight to DVD, generic, like, taken ripoffs, like 200 yeah. broken bones and 200, like, nunchucks or some stupid shit. And I was like, nah, never mind. Fuck it. We'll do Mr. 3000. That's fine. Yeah. That's that's 200. That's all I could- I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. And what, if we ever do get to 3000... Uh, there is another 3000s movie we can cover. I think it's like 3000 Miles to Graceland. Oh, you're right. It's Kurt Russell. That could be a Russell Fest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's Kurt Russell and uh, the dad from Man of Steel. Zod? Who the fuck is it? Oh, Costner. No. Kevin Costner. Yeah, Kevin Costner. I see. I see. I, I see. Think, I couldn't think of I was Kevin just on, like Costner. Michael Shannon's face so hard there because all I'm just like, you will kneel. <laughs> Oh, Michael Shannon. I would kneel. <laughs> oh, man. I would kneel. I'd what suck his that? dick, folks. I'd suck his dick. That's what I'm getting at. Weirdly, I would not. Or maybe that's I not weirdly, either. but no. That's nah. completely normal for me. I would not put another man's penis in my mouth. No, weird. I know that's weird. I mean, there are like maybe two or three people who I would, out of like sheer respect, like, oh, you want that? Well, you deserve it for all the joy you brought to my life. I, think, I get it. Here, I think use like, my mouth, if, please. <laughs> if they're a knight, like I think if they have the sir in front of their name, like you have to put their penis in your mouth, like Sir Patrick oh. Stewart, Sir Elton John. But does that is that is that continent? Like that stays over there. That doesn't apply to America. Yes, like we don't have to. You can if you'd like okay. to take that extra step and show the show the respect, but. You are not expected to. As a British person, though, they got, they got to put that dick in their mouth. I feel like you're like, you're putting on airs and you're like maybe doing like a poor imitation <laughs> of their culture. If you're like just respectfully putting their dick in your mouth a little bit, I feel like that's sure. kind of rude, almost in a sense. Like, what an ugly American you are, respectfully taking the sir dick, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Correct. It's it's American as fuck to not suck dick. Fuck the rest of the world. Oh my god, that is that should be a bumper sticker. I'm American as fuck because I don't suck dick. <laughs> that is. Oh my god. Sadly, you would have so many sold. So Man, I'm, many. I'm going into business right now because yeah, I'm going to make a million dollars selling these bumper stickers. To a certain subset of people that we won't name, but we all know, we know who, who it we're is. talking about. <laughs> I want to make so much fucking money with these bumper stickers. It's going to be great, dude. Watch. The producers I'll- of Sony's Amazing Spider-Man 2. That's who we're talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. All of them yeah. motherfuckers. <laughs> Man, I, I, shit, I don't even want to go. This is, this is a pretty good tagline here on this episode. Yeah, fucking let it roll. Um, <laughs> Maze you, man. Major's pretty good. I look forward to Bernie Mac next week. I Me hope too. all of you guys are too. Is that on Netflix? Could we make a movie night out of that? Mm. I don't know. That's a that's something I'll look into. Good question that I did not research either. <laughs> yeah, I should have. Um, if it is, look forward to movie night coming back with Mister <laughs> Three Thousand next week. Um, until then, though, I'm Kyle. I'm Ryan. And uh, we'll fucking check you next time, weirdos. Go hit some baseballs. <laughs>
Adios.